Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail, our highway in the sky. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking, please. Thank you. Folks, you're listening to Two Men and the Mouse, episode 176 on the White Dragon Podcast Network, recorded live on February the 5th, 2018. This is your everyday guide to the magic of Walt Disney World and the larger Disney universe beyond it. My name is Kevin Kessler, and I am not joined uh, by my good buddy Peter Mandel this week. Uh, I'll get into it in a second. Folks, we are two lifelong Disney fanatics who have managed to keep the magic of Disney alive in our lives every day, and we want to share that magic with you. So pull up a chair, gather the family, or pop in your favorite set of headphones, and let's experience the magic together. Okay. Um, so as I said last week, Pete is having some technical difficulties. His uh, laptop uh, kind of died out on him, and he's waiting for the, the new piece that he needs to come in the mail. Uh, so I have, I'm doing this series of guest Pete episodes. Uh, last week, you guys heard we, we were talking about live performances with Becky Actress uh, Adams from Heroes of Cosplay and the, uh, uh, you know, the um, GEN network. So um, this week, I am super, super excited because this, this episode is a long time coming. This, this person and I have been talking about getting together to record this specific topic for about two years now. And it is my utmost pleasure and honor to welcome uh, children's education uh, YouTube specialist, host of <laughs> uh, the UK television show Do You Know, the lovely and talented Miss Maddie Moat. Hello. Hello. My goodness. It is Hi. so good to have you here finally. Thank you. We have been talking about this for such a long time. I believe it's been about two years that we've just been like, you know, we should really do a thing about like edutainment and like, you know, educational yeah. attractions because that's kind of your wheelhouse. Like that's, that's what you do like with your, um, you know, with your YouTube yeah, channel. Absolutely. And, yeah. So tell me a little bit about your, your YouTube channel and how that got started and where your passion for kind of that edutainment, um, you know, hosting kind of came from. Okay. Well, the, the, the passion really, I mean, it probably started in Disney World, to be completely honest. Okay. So did you and go I a lot when you were a kid or? Yes. So definitely went to, yeah, Disney World as a kid. Loved it. Epcot was always, always, always my favorite park. Um, but I think, to be honest, I've always, you know, I've always been curious and I've always loved science. Um, but as it happened, I went down, I guess, the theater, film and television route, mm -hmm. um, rather, rather than science, but I, I always missed it. So I'm just lucky enough that in my job now, I'm able to, I guess, explore my passion for science and learning and indulge in just generally being curious about the yes. world, but I just get to on tv and on youtube <laughs> mm, yeah, absolutely i think that's so great that you get to chase that passion it's it's one of the life is too short to not be able to chase our dreams and chase our passions it's something i'm very like hardcore about um and so mm -hmm. you said you came a lot as a kid like so you now you if you can't tell from the voice folks she's from the uk uh so the uh so you guys were I making i feel Sorry, I feel like I sound so British right now. <laughs> uh, so how often did you come over when you were a kid? Because that's a big trip. 
It is. Okay, so not that often, because mm. I'm sure, you know, for someone like you who's now a local, often is like weekly. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say every oh, every five years, maybe, sometimes less, sometimes more. Okay. Um, I have been as much as an adult. Um, to be honest, now it's sort of, I guess, every couple of years, suddenly it hits me that I really want to go and that's it. I can't think about anything else but right. planning a trip. <laughs> So I guess I get that Disney urge every mm. uh, every couple of years. I'd like to come more, um, but I think now what's the thing is there are so many places in the world to explore and to yes. visit. I often find it hard justifying coming back to the same place again, even though I love it. So I'm quite looking forward to maybe using that as an opportunity to explore the other Disney parks. Have you ever been to any of the other parks? Like I know, like Paris would probably be an easier trip for you. You know, I've never been, and that's partly because I love, I love Walt Disney World so much, right. and everyone has told me Paris just isn't as good. And to be, I just don't want, I don't want the disappointment. <laughs> so, I understand that a hundred percent because I, I've, I've heard the same thing that like you know Paris isn't as immersive of an experience, or um, you know, it's not up to like that Disney World um, quality that we're used to. Although, fun fact, when I first sort of moved to London after university and thought I wanted to be, um, well, I considered I considered going into acting for a while before, mm. I guess, I self-presenting, which is definitely my forte. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I auditioned to work at Disneyland Paris. So I have kind of, you know, I sort of tried out that, that Disney audition process. So yeah, I guess uh, I got to. So what was that like? Were you, were, you, were you going for a princess? Like. No, I didn't know what I was going for. Honestly, it was one of the most terrifying things I've ever done. <laughs> I mean, I, I could, do you want me to go into it? Like I could, yeah, I no, could please. Sort of... Yeah, I think people are very interested in that process. Oh, gosh, this is hilarious. Um, so it was an open casting call, and I had never done anything like this before. Mm-hmm. All I knew was that there was a dance audition and then possibly other things that I might have to do. Uh-huh. So it was really very vague. And I turned up um at a hall it was just a town hall in london and i reckon there are about 250 people in there all of them full-on dance gl- dance uh-huh. gear <laughs> so, leotards they had the leg warmers on sweat <laughs> and i was just like in jeans and i thought oh I've, I've missed the mark here a little bit and then there was a dance choreographer who was stood on the stage at the front um, and she was barking uh, dance choreography, various moves. Some of it was in French. Some of it wasn't. Right. And then, you know, you had 250 people who were learning this dance so quickly. So, so quick. I mean, they're all professional dancers. Most of them were. And the next thing I know, like 10 minutes later, we were then having to go up in smaller groups of about 10 people to perform the dance we had just learnt. <laughs> <laughs> to a panel and I just I just there was I had nothing nothing had got in bar mm-hmm. maybe the first dance moves but then I, I was watching other people and I noticed that clearly there were some there were some dancers or performers who had already done this before and they'd kind of figured you know what if you don't know how to do the dance you if you can just sell it <laughs> yep. then that's okay that's what they always tell you in auditions. Like I remember from back when I was performing too. They're just like mess up big, <laughs> like you know, like oh my gosh, own your and mistakes I... and show your personality through. Well, that's so I sort of clocked that other people were doing that, and finally my number got called out, and I went up, 
managed like the first three moves and then had I had I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> so I sort of just pranced about, did some twirls and and you know, waved very like in that sort of princess style. Right. And and from that, somehow they selected me to go into princess casting. Okay. So they clearly well she's she's not a dancer blesser. Right. But you know, she's got that <laughs> she's got those princess vibes. Mm-hmm. And then this was the weirdest bit. I went into a room well, where there were what what is it mm. what does it feel like for you when they say princess? Like does that stir the Disney fan within you like oh my goodness like Well, you know what? I was just utterly confused because they weren't they weren't saying princess casting at the time. In fact, okay. they weren't saying anything. They were, it was it was all it was all in French for a start. And my <laughs> French is very basic in GCSE. Right. Um but I gathered that they were separating dancers who were parade to a parade potential right. and face they were calling them as face characters right so, so, so again, yeah princesses or so wendy or yeah. yeah sure exactly so then i just followed a group into okay. this other room where there are a bunch of makeup artists and um wigs uh-huh <laughs> and I'm down still no one's spoken to me by the way i don't <laughs> right. actually know what's going on i've just been plonked down in, in a makeup chair and suddenly someone is putting different wigs on me. <laughs> it was like, okay, so now I have a Wendy wig on and they put like a bit of extra blusher and they changed up my lip color. Mm-hmm. And then I had to stand there in front of this panel. Again, no one's, no one's speaking English. Everyone is speaking French. While someone holds up an actual picture of 2D Wendy next to my face. Oh, goodness. And they are, and I've just got a panel of people who are staring at me, comparing my, comparing me to an illustration. Uh-huh. And it, and you can sort of see them go, mm, no, mm, oui, no, no. And <laughs> Are you trying to like match the expression on the picture at this point? Like, kind of, yeah, kind <laughs> of. Like, oh, they look more, yeah. And then they did the same with, I think it was Wendy, Cinderella, and Snow White, which threw me because I'm blonde and Snow White is very much, you know, she's got dark hair, but because yeah. it's all about wigs, mm-hmm. actually, if you're perfection, it's all about the face shape. But, I mean, it's uncomfortable being scrutinized for the way you look anyway, but to be compared to a drawing. <laughs> right. It's great for the old self-esteem. I'm shocked they didn't but, throw an Alice wig on you. I'm too tall. So that's oh, the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they, they measure, they, they measure your height. They of look course. at your skin tone. And it turns out I don't have a face shape that was right for any of the parts they needed so yeah i was checked out if you could have been any any princess like any one choice like you get one choice to be a princess which one would you have wanted to be now i would say rapunzel but that did that didn't that right, wasn't didn't a possibility yeah. i did a couple of years ago so back then it would have been alice probably okay yeah but yeah. the alice seems like a fun character the alices that i've interacted with at walt disney world always seem to have a lot of fun with it um, yeah 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 absolutely the um yeah alice uh mary poppins always seems to have a lot of fun because she gets to yeah, be a little good. bit more different and yeah they've got a bit of you know they've got a, something extra a bit of i want to say yeah a bit of sassiness to yeah, them yeah exactly so so where how does it go from you know looking mostly at you know performances portraying someone else to being a presenter to you know having your 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 tv show your youtube channel and whatnot well, I think, you know, so I studied theatre, film and television. I considered the whole acting route, but actually I realised quite quickly that 
I was much more comfortable being myself. And I think one of the reasons, one of the things I love about, about YouTube especially is just that I do get to be myself. And the whole point is to portray the most authentic version of me possible. Mm-hmm. And I think that most, uh, for, for me, that creates something really engaging with, with an audience. And I, I yeah, well, people, I guess. I think that people can tell when someone is being fake to them especially kids kids can pick that up really really easily and the one thing i when i first watched your show when i first looked at your youtube videos and the one thing i said to you was like maddie your personality shines through so well and you're being so real and you're being so you and i think that's why you have the success that you've had because you don't you also don't condescend to them you no, and I, i mean i strongly believe that just because that when you're educating children that actually you there's no need to be patronizing yes because they're capable of understanding the same things it's because you know quite often you'll be teaching a kid something that an adult doesn't know either mm-hmm. it's just you might change up your language you might have to use words that are simpler to understand but there's no need to ever talk down to a child i don't think anyway so when i first started working in children's television i wanted to be well, i i didn't want to become that sugary children's presenter. Right. I didn't want to. You don't want to be Steve I, from Blue's Clues. I don't know if you guys had Blue's Clues there, but my brother. No idea. For the audience that I mostly cater to, like they are little. So you always have to bear in mind that you're, that I'm, well, I have to bear in mind that I am chatting to very, very young children. Um, but I try to be as close to this, to me in the real world right. as I possibly can be. No, that makes perfect yeah. sense. And, you know, so like some uh, some of the episodes, like I like I've learned a lot from watching you. I've learned how water slides work. I've <laughs> I've learned about hey. mosquitoes and tree frogs, and I mean, and I, I really, and I've learned that you know there are some songs that you just can't get out of your head because the theme song for <laughs> Do You Know, I love it. It's such a cool theme song, and it but yeah. it it stays in my head for days every yeah. time I hear it. It's 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 it's. It's good for me to know that you've actually watched some of it because do you know is a it's a it's a British television of course, show. Yeah. Whilst my YouTube, my YouTube channel is where I make my own my own videos, but right. I like that you've you've been able to see a little bit of bit of both of online. Course. Yeah. No. YouTube YouTube has some some of the episodes up there, and um, yeah, and obviously you know you're uh, so for those that don't know about your YouTube channel, tell tell us a little bit about what you what you typically do, how often you you know you're posting videos, and where they could find it. Sure. So, uh, so my the TV show is uh, is on a channel called CBBS, and that's all about how things work and how things are made. But my YouTube channel it's an extension of that. So I like to travel, go on adventures, uh-huh. and when I'm in these awesome places, I will make a video. I usually try and find an interesting question about that place and answer it. Mm-hmm. And I'll just do that by. Um, you know, just taking the camera around with me and I guess bringing the audience along on these adventures, mm. education adventures is, like, is what Ed I like Adventures, I like that. I've never heard that one before. Yeah. I think the, the style I go for it, I, I hope that it, that the audience feel, the viewer feels like they're watching a, some kind of travel vlog or just a daily vlog. So I want it to be personable, but at the same time, they come away having learned something. Absolutely. So that's the idea. Absolutely. But it's My- my favorite ones that I've seen are always the ones involving animals because 
you have such genuine joy when you're interacting with it. Even when you were interacting with mosquitoes, it was just genuine joy. Like, I, you put your arm into a mosquito thing and you watch them like swirl. How many bites did you have on your arm after that? Okay, so this was for a channel called Earth Unplugged. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is very much a natural history channel. So this isn't my channel. This is for someone. This is a, a client. Uh-huh. Sorry, it, but you get what I mean. Yeah. Um, and it was well. The whole idea behind the video was just to work out exactly how a mosquito goes about biting you. So I put my arm in this test chamber, and I reckon, I reckon I got about fifty bites, maybe wow. on my forearm. Yeah. Wow. It was. So itchy. I can imagine. <laughs> like you, you really took one for the team there. Oh, it was so so itchy. But it was fascinating though, because they um we filmed it with a close up camera. Mm-hmm. Naturally, I learned that the proboscis, which is I guess the you know the the mouth part that the mosquito injects into you, it's not solid like like a needle. I kind of thought it would be like firm in that way, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's flexible. It actually goes into your skin and then moves around and searches. Yeah, I just always, I just assumed it was like, huh. yeah, like an injection would be. But no, not at all. It, that's a moving mouth part. That's really, really interesting. See, these are the things you learn by watching these videos. What what would you it's say? It's very easy, way. Sorry, team. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but you know what? It, it works with the theme of today's episode. Um, you re- You recently took a Disney trip, right? Yes. You and your fiance so, were here recently and you looked like you had a great time. Well, actually it was his, it was his engagement present from me. It was a Aww. bit of a surprise. Um, because, you know, he asked me to marry him earlier on in the year and I got, I got an engagement ring and I thought, you know what? I want to do something back. Um, so I surprised him with his first Disney trip. Oh, he had never been had, before. No. And, it's a, it, was, it was such a huge part. It's been such a big part of my life. It's really important to me that, you know, before we get married, mm-hmm. he needs to let do. <laughs> right. Because if he was just like, this place stinks, then it might be time to reevaluate the future. It could, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. We came over for about, it was nine days or so. Mm-hmm. And See, we, and for, yeah. for, a, for a UK trip, that, that's, that's almost short because I know like families from the UK that come over, they're usually here two, three weeks, like, because you, you could I, do so much. Um, Disney, I guess, makes it a lot easier for when you were a kid. Did you come over for long periods of time or was it mostly just? I, to be honest, I think it was always sort of 10 day. Uh, two-week trips yeah, see, uh, from but what that, that's long most americans come for like five days like between like mm. five and six days usually so yeah uh, b- because we don't get nearly as much holiday time as you guys do over there like i, I think the average right. like the average worker in the uk gets gets several times more like we usually get maybe like five to ten days of holiday a year oh i think it's, it's oh i don't know what's that because i'm a i'm a freelancer so yeah, i don't know exactly I feel like 20, 20 to 25 days, though, is, yeah. is about standard. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, so I think we've always done about 10 days. Um, you know, we've split that between going to the Disney parks, mm-hmm. the other ones, uh, and then, you know, trying to maybe have a rest day or so in between. And now, did you um, typically um, stay on Disney property when you would come down as a kid and the last time you came? I think we started to. I, or, or we or we did a fair bit of both when we came with family friends or we came with ex- extended family or friends i remember staying in sort of holiday villas outside of the parks and we would hire cars mm-hmm. um 
But then I remember as we got older, we tended to stay on property. But that might just have been because the property, the I guess the resort options developed, as did that transport system. Right. I, maybe that's why I think when I was younger, perhaps it was just as easy to stay outside and get a car in. Mm-hmm. And I think as it's become busier and more popular, that actually being on property is a huge advantage now. Yeah. So mo- maybe that. Yeah. Most, most certainly. Um, okay. Well, so where do people find your YouTube channel? What is the what is the name of it that they can search for? Well, if you just search my name on YouTube, you'll come up with it will come up with all sorts of videos, including mm. the mosquito one. Yes. <laughs> um, but if you just type my my name to so youtube.com forward slash Maddie Moat, that's my um, that's that's my YouTube channel. And actually, I'll have just posted one of my Epcot vlogs. Oh, so I've already nice. posted Kingdom because we weren't go. I wasn't going to vlog and film anything because it was, I was trying to be very strict with myself and say, you know, this is a holiday. Don't film anything. <laughs> but right. <laughs> animal Kingdom and Epcot, they, they fit so well with everything that I talk about online. It was, too, it was too good of an opportunity to miss. So we filmed one of our days at animal kingdom and one of our days at Epcot. So mm. the animal kingdom is there and the Epcot ones are on their way. That's fantastic. I can't wait. I can't wait to take a look at that. Um, and folks, when you, when you search your name, it's moat with an E at the end. It's not like moat, like a castle moat. It's, you know, M-O-A-T-E. Uh, all right. Well, um, we are going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to hear from our sponsors in the rest of the White Dragon Podcast Network. And then Maddie and I will be back with our e-ticket attraction of the week. So stay tuned, folks. More Two Men in the Mouse coming at you right after this. You know, Pete, it's hard work planning a Disney vacation. Of course. Your whole family has to get going. You got to pack everything up. You got to figure out where you're eating. You got to figure out where you're staying. But you know what makes life so much easier? Makes your trip planning a more fun experience? Tell me. It sounds like something I need. Absolutely. You need a travel agent. Do we know one of those? We absolutely do. We know our good friend and sponsor, Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, the official travel agent of Two Men in the Mouse, folks. We've both used him. Yes, we have. Dave Weikert plans our Disney vacations all the time, and we would not recommend him if we didn't use his services ourselves. Dave started his Cranford-based business here in 2008 and in that time has been planning hundreds of Walt Disney World vacations. Dave plans every trip as if it was his own and you will never find someone more passionate about Disney. Very easy to work with and will do his best to make sure you're satisfied. Working with Dave, you're likely to pay less and get more. And what's better than that, Peter Mandel? Tell me. You never pay a charge for Dave's services. It is 100% free. Dave will plan your entire trip for no additional cost to you. That sounds awesome. Absolutely. Dave has helped over 875 families enjoy their Disney vacations. A graduate of the College of Disney Knowledge, Dave has visited every Disney World resort and has personally stayed at 12 Disney World resorts. He's dined also at every Disney restaurant. He's crazy about Disney food. That is an accomplishment. Absolutely. I wish I could say I did that. That's like the snack challenge times 10. Yep. Dave also gives you Disney dollars for land packages and shipboard credits for any Disney Cruise Line vacations you might be going. Uh, This can be used as cash at any Disney destination or store. Traveling with kids in your party, Dave will also provide you autograph books for all your kids. You give them to us? Absolutely. Your kids went down with Dave Weicker autograph books. Of course. Well, Disney autograph books supplied by Dave Weicker. Depends how his name on Dave simplifies your life by booking your complete vacation, including resort stay, airlines, Disney meal plans, and park passes. Also, checks daily for new discounts. When specials are announced, he immediately checks availability and rebooks your vacation at the lowest possible price. Dave can also book all your Disney dining and will do his best to get hard-to-book reservations like Cinderella's Royal Table and Be Our Guest. 
It's really, truly a no-brainer. Folks, take the stress out of your life. Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, the official travel agent of Two Men in the Mouse. If you and your family are taking a trip to the Orlando area this year, your little ones deserve to stroll in style. Lugging a stroller from home can be an annoying and frustrating part of the first leg of your journey. And renting those hard plastic strollers from Disney theme parks can be both costly and uncomfortable for your kids. Well, I'm here to tell you about the solution to your child transport problems, and that's Kingdom Strollers. Kingdom Strollers is a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. Not only is it less expensive than renting a stroller from the theme parks themselves, but these are padded luxury models with features like drink holders, canopies, storage baskets, and more. What's more, you keep this stroller with you for your entire trip, whereas park-rented strollers, you got to return them before you leave the park that day. This is going to make those late-night post-fireworks bus stop queues so much easier, and Dad's shoulders are going to thank you for it. So, how does it work? You just go to kingdomstrollers.com and make your selection on the stroller or crib that's right for your child. Just let the good folks over there know a great time for delivery and pickup and where you'll be staying. You can pick your stroller or crib up from the luggage stand at your resort and then drop them back off there at the end of your stay. So pack light, leave your stroller at home, and save up to a whopping 50% versus park price stroller rentals when you visit kingdomstrollers.com. Hi there, this is Monica Pinto from the Mouse in Our House podcast, inviting you to join me here every other Friday for all things Disney from my perspective. Let's face it, with our fast-paced lives in a crazy world, always running from one place to another, from hectic work days to family responsibilities, from household chores to those never-ending errands, it sometimes seems impossible to survive until your next Disney trip. How to turn that around? Easy, by keeping a little bit of that Disney magic in our everyday lives. So go ahead, sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee and a little something sweet, and let's chat Disney. Join me here on the White Dragon Podcast Network every other Friday where we'll celebrate all the magic, all the fun, all the memories, and even some stuff that's not so magical. But don't worry, a little bit of pixie dust should take care of that. So until then, I hope you remember to keep the mouse in your house. My name is Dimitri Ravanis, and I'm the host of a brand new podcast called Chewing Clock. Now, you might remember me from my old show here on WDPN called The Extra Magic Hour. Well, now I've got a new podcast each and every weekday morning talking about my one true love, college football. That's right. Chew on that, wife. You don't have to be a hardcore fan of the sport to like the show. You don't even have to be a fan at all. Sure, sometimes we're talking about what's happening on the field, but other times I'll be arguing passionately that Nick Saban is a Gryffindor, not a Slytherin. So tune in each and every weekday morning. The show is never longer than 15 seconds, and you can always find it on iTunes, Stitcher, and at armchairallamericans.com. The name of the show is Chewing Clock with me, Dimitri Ravanis, and my co-host, Tyler McComas. Join us every weekday morning. Hello, I'm Storybook Julius, the White Dragon Podcast Network's resident Canadian and the host of Storybook Radio, a Walt Disney World and Universal Studios podcast appearing every Wednesday here on WDPN. Walt Disney was a storyteller, and well, so am I. Now, I'm not saying that I'm as cool as Walt Disney or anything, but I'm saying that if you're looking for a unique take on the Walt Disney World and Universal Studios theme parks with immersive looks at their stories, backstories, and histories, you've come to the right place. Head on over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Podomatic to subscribe to and download the Storybook Radio podcast each and every Wednesday. You can also check out www.storybookradio.com for more details and more content.
Folks, we all know Walt Disney World is a lot of fun, but sometimes it's great to be able to have fun and learn something too. Walt Disney World is a treasure trove of edutainment. That's educational entertainment, if you know where to look. Uh, there used to be a lot more going on in the realm of education, but there's still so much to see and experience and learn while having fun in Walt Disney World. That's why this week I brought in an expert on educational entertainment uh, with Miss Maddie Mote, who I am very, very excited to be having this conversation with. So folks, Maddie and I, for our e-ticket attraction of the week, are talking about educational attractions at Walt Disney World. And I mean, some of these are some truly, truly classic things. Some things don't exist anymore, which is unfortunate, but we've got a lot to get to today with this. Yeah, to be honest, you could probably make a case for most attractions having some kind of edutainment element to them. So we're going to have to be really strict with ourselves. Yeah, I have one that I'm just kind of like, I feel like it's educational, but it, I could see people making the case that it's not. So we'll get to that one. And, and it's kind of yeah. like my, hey, go with me here on this one. Um, yeah, I think one of the things Disney do so well is that they design their rides to be entertaining, but also to at least be enriching, to have some kind of purpose. Right. So their attractions do work on multiple levels. So. Yeah. And, you know, there are attractions that teach you about how things work. There are attractions that teach you about how things live. There are, And there are attractions that just teach you, like, lessons about culture and about um, and, and just about, like, ways to, like, enrich your own life which I think mm. is very, very important. Um, we're going to go park by park with this one, and we're going to start with Disney's Hollywood Studios because <laughs> um, there's virtually nothing there that's educational. And uh, <laughs> the only one that I have on my list for Hollywood Studios, did you ever go to, and it's extinct now, it's where the Star Wars launch bay is now, it used to be the animation courtyard. Did you ever go there in any of your old trips? Yes. Yeah. I liked the animation courtyard because it taught you a lot about the film industry. And while that's not like your typical like school education thing for a, for a child that's interested in film or maybe wants to go into animation in the future, it's a truly, um, it was a truly amazing experience that taught you about how movies were made and it taught you about um, how to, it even gave you an animation class where you got to sit down with a Disney animator and they walked you through how to draw a character, which was one of my favorite free souvenirs you used to be able to get. Mm -hmm. it, it's one man's dream still, still at Hollywood yeah, Studios. Yes, it's called Walt Disney Presents now. And I, I did kind of, uh, I, I was, I was unsure whether to include that or not because it, it's more of a, I always felt like it was more of a biography about one person, but it is yeah. also kind of a history lesson of, animated film you know what i would say that there's something really valuable in following the life the life career of one person mm -hmm. i think there's something to be said for realizing and seeing how you know you have to go through different stages in your life and there are different career paths you can take there are things that you know might bring you down you have to build yourself back up again and i think that's i do think that's an important lesson for especially young kids to see as well yeah that's never a simple, you know, line to success. You know what? Never a simple line to success and one person can change the world, I think, is another really great lesson that you could take from that because Walt Disney did change the world. He changed the face of entertainment. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a really inspirational story. Absolutely. Um, and that's why I really like when they, they still play the One Man's Dream movie, but lately they've been using that space to hype, like, whatever the upcoming Disney movie is. Like, they're, they've got the live-action Dumbo mm in there uh coming up 
and yeah so but but when they're between films they do still play the one man's dream film but i think that the really enriching thing about one man's dream or walt disney presents is that that walkthrough area where you can look at the timelines and read things and yeah like see the old cameras I, I truly love that. It, it also, and one of the things that I think Disney does very well, and as a, as a, as a writer, I appreciate this, is how much they encourage the creative process in kids. Yes. And I think One Man's That's Dream was just like, hey, this is one guy's creativity, and look what it built. Like, like, what could you do by embracing your creative side? Yeah, completely. I'm with you there. I think with Hollywood Studios, I think back when it used to have a stronger identity and it used to be more about <laughs> filmmaking and that behind the behind the scenes magic, there was definitely a clearer message, I guess, mm-hmm. edutainment message. And I think you still see elements of that maybe in the Indiana Jones show. I think we could argue you kind of get a sense of that. Yes, because you're learning a bit about stunts and how they're performed. So things like also like the Lights, Motors, Action stunt show was a cool behind the scenes uh, look. And the Backlot Tour, despite all the Michael Bay of it, you still learned a lot about, um, you know, film effects and how they make the explosions and the water and and so the, yeah there was and now you know the the big joke is you know it's a salute to all film but mostly star wars uh and if it's <laughs> yeah and if it's not star wars or toy story like <clears throat> they're not real it's not really a main focus at the moment and um yeah. you know, it's unfortunate but and the great movie ride used to be a great history lesson as to the the evolution of film Mm. Oh, it, it was like an homage to loads of like directors and film styles. It was great. No, but you know, and people were always like, "Oh, well, the great movie ride needs to be updated." And I honestly, I caught myself saying that a few times. But then, when the more I thought about it, I'm just like, "Well, what film in the last twenty years has been so iconic as to stand next to Casablanca, or you know, Singing in the Rain, or Raiders of the Lost Ark? Like these are mm-hmm. timeless and like paved the way for what film today is." I think people wanted yeah. more modern film in there, but I don't think that's what it was really supposed to be about. No, you could have, you could maybe taken a few away and added a few more modern films onto the end. But yeah. I kind of like the fact that the aged animatronics, in a way, were representing the age of the film. You yes. know, Casablanca hasn't been remade as far as I know. So why no. remake the ode to it? Don't say that out <laughs> loud, Maddie. You're going to give Hollywood ideas. <laughs> could you, Sorry. Could you imagine? <laughs> Uh, but my favorite animatronic from the Great Movie Ride, though, was the was the Singing in the Rain one. Yeah, I loved the I, effect on of that. Like, um, uh, what's her name? Um, Carrie Fisher's mother, who was the 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 main actress in Singing in the Rain, she said that she talked about the dancing and just how hard it was. Speaking of like your experience dancing, she said the two hardest things she ever did in her life were childbirth and Singing in the Rain. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I am not a dancer, by the way. <laughs> I think we gathered my terrifying audition uh, yeah. story, but uh. I have a very, I have a similar terrifying dancing audition. So I, I try, I auditioned for a thing called Place in the Park over in New Jersey. Um, and it, there was a huge dance audition that I was next to all these professional dancers. And literally, like, there was like a forward roll where you were supposed to like spring up onto your feet. And I literally just kind of, collapsed into a heap at the end of the roll and just kind of struck a pose on the floor so like i <laughs> I, t- I got a call back <laughs> hey. um, okay so uh, that's about it for 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 the studios i think and um 
The next one I want to talk about is the Magic Kingdom. And there's a lot of history being talked about in the Magic Kingdom, especially if you know where to look. Because the overall story of the Magic Kingdom is really, and I've talked about this on the show before, it's the story of the founding of America. You know, with Fantasyland being so inspired by old world Europe with all the architecture and whatnot. And as you move toward Liberty Square, it stops being so Bavarian and French and starts becoming more British to symbolize, like right around Peter Pan's flight and the the one part of the Columbia Harbor House, very British architecture. And then you cross that portal by where Memento Mori and the Rapunzel bathrooms are and you enter Liberty Square, which signifies the crossing of the Atlantic. Um, So, yeah, like that's very educational to you know mm. um yeah liberty square has got so much educational value though yes yeah i've got that's on my notes definitely yeah i mean the hall of presidents goes into a um a big you know tale of how of the founding of america but the most fun edutainment thing i think in the entire magic kingdom and i don't know if you got to see this while you were here the muppets present great moments in american history yeah Ugh. Yes, it's on my list, and I knew you would love this, so I knew you'd want to put it in. <laughs> I wept, Maddie, the first time I saw it. The first time they all popped up and I, they were real puppets, I cried. I was really impressed, really impressed. I love the Muppets, but if I'm going to be completely honest, and you might not like this, but I really enjoy watching them, but I, they don't often make me laugh out loud. It's just a love, like... Hang on, just a lovely, like, cozy, nostalgic, you know, feeling. Well, that's going to do for Two Men in the Mouse this week, folks. (laughs) (laughs) However, Muppets Great Moments in History really did. I was, I was really laughing. And I didn't expect that. I didn't expect it at all. Um, I thought Magic Kingdom was in need of another live show, and this just ticked all of those boxes for me. Yes. Did you see both uh, versions of it, the Paul Revere and the signing of the Declaration of Independence, or did you see one? Yes, I thought there were three. No, so there I didn't two. miss You didn't oh, miss Oh, yeah, the, I saw both. So one of them has the actor. Yes, the human JJ. Actor. Yes, and the other one doesn't. Yeah, so I saw both. Oh, good, I thought I missed one. JJ is like my ultimate cast member job dream. <laughs> to, really? To be able to go out there and sing and interact with the Muppets on a daily basis, like, like that's that's my ultimate, like... If somebody was like, hey, you can have any cast member job you want right now, I'd be like, all right, well, give me that give me that tri-cornered hat and make me JJ because uh, it's so cool. And um, I think Paul Revere, though, is actually without JJ. I think that's the funnier of the two. Yes. Yeah. When Miss Piggy comes out as the moon, like it's absolutely hysterical. Yeah, I, I I thought they were both really funny. It was just a great thing to do, you know, to so grab some lunch, sit down, and you're when you sit down, you're probably going to see one in the, within the next fifteen minutes or so. They're that often. Yeah, I yeah. would. It's like a not to miss thing to do at Magic Kingdom. Personally. Yeah, and it's you know you it's education with like a really fun, funny twist, and yeah, yeah I like to get some like grapes or something like that from the. Um, the Liberty Square Market right there, and like a and like a sparkling water, and just like sit by the Liberty Tree and and just watch and enjoy it because it's so great. And I do love at the end where he go where Kermit's like, uh, oh, and uh, the England, uh, you know, no hard feelings. You're still one of our best friends. <laughs> I really like that they. That's such a Kermit I mean, thing to say. I think funny because obviously, like 
the history that they that they teach in those shows isn't something that I was that familiar with. Oh, really? So I did come it being like, did I do I know what's going on or do I? But then I was like, you know what? <laughs> I got a bite size like a bite size worth of information, and yeah. that's great. When when you know you're being flooded with things on a daily basis at Walt Disney World, those little n- like nuggets of information are fantastic. Yeah, I've always wondered, like you know, coming from another country with all the American history stuff that they have in there, if that's a thing that you guys learned about in school, or if it's if it's yeah. pseudo new to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we know bits of it because of media, and I mean, I mean, I'm talking really broadly here. Maybe some people do study yeah. this at. I certainly didn't. So most of the my American history knowledge comes from film, if I'm being honest. Yeah, that makes, like, that makes a lot of sense. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so here was my go with me here uh, kind of thing about attraction. And I think that Small World is educational. Ooh, yeah. For what reason? Because it, I, I think it's educational in that it teaches a lesson. It teaches a lesson that we're all one people. It teaches a lesson that we're all one global community and that it is a small world and we're not all that different. I think that, I think, I, I consider that to be educational because it's teaching a life lesson. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. See, I thought you were going to go down the whole, you are on a boat, but you're traveling around the world through different countries and you're seeing that, you know, that there are different ways of experiencing the world in yes. which my argument would be, yeah, but that's what world showcase does, but better. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I'm, I'm sensing a lot of hostility towards small world right now. Do you not enjoy that ride? I, I love the nostalgia of that ride and I completely get what you're saying. It's a good moral tale. Uh, like that, that ending room, like, which I find it funny people, when people are like, Oh, I love small world. I just don't like that last room where everything's in white. And I'm like, that's the entire point of the ride. Like <laughs> the entire point of the ride is that it is like, it's all one people. Like they're all dressed alike be- in one color because it is a small world. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it is definitely interesting as well because like I could see a kid like looking at the, the, the Scottish um, with the bagpipes and asking what the, what the bagpipe is or something like that. There are, Nuggets of education to be found in there. But yes, you're right. World Showcase does it a lot better, and we'll get to that. Um, I also had the Carousel of Progress. I've got the Carousel of Progress for the same reason. I guess it's it's another – it's enriching, I think, yes. is the word that we're going for. The lesson isn't as obvious, but I think it's a really great way to see how inventions mm-hmm. progress over time. Um, and I, I still I still enjoy it now, and every time I find it really – fun to see how the cooker changes over yes. the years yep. how start off with you know, candles and by the end they put electricity mm-hmm. um, so i find i find the progress of the just the appliances yes. in the house yeah and, and the lesson of of how progress and like that that whole like you know there's a great big beautiful tomorrow that, you know, I think my favorite line in that is, you know, man has a dream and that's the start. He follows his dream with mind and heart. And when it becomes a reality, it's a dream come true for you and me. It's more of that, that whole, like what we're talking about with one man's dream, that like one idea can change the world. Yes, absolutely. And I think as well, what is a nice takeaway from Carousel of Progress is that in, in some way or another, you know, your main character, what's he called? What's the guy called? John. It? John. John 
summarizes it and he kind of says, oh, it's never going to get better than this. <laughs> That's always way. my favorite part is how I'm like, he's and like anti-progress. But it's great because it kind of shows you that even when you think, you know, things can't get better, they do or they do, you know, they do, they do progress. So, yeah. <laughs> my favorite part, though, is when you go into the third room and he's just like, he's like, oh, it's the 1940s and everything's great. I'm like, I don't think it's great <laughs> everywhere. It's the 1940s. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, um, the other, the last one I had for Magic Kingdom was Tom Sawyer Island. Mm, yeah, which wasn't open when I was there in November. Oh, really? No, it was closed, mm. which I got really excited about because I was like, oh, maybe this means they're adding something to it mm, because I think it has the potential to be awesome. Yes. But also in a way that may in a sort of like in an animal kingdom vibe kind of way uh-huh. um but i'd love them to do something with tom sawyer island i think it could be a great place to just to go and explore right more so than you already can. yeah i mean as a writer i i like the fact that it encourages people to pick up classic literature yeah um so you know that's a thing that i that i very much enjoy but um, not really a lot going on over there. You're right. Um, but the, that's where I feel like the educational aspect well, comes I, in. I haven't been over there in, in years because when you're only coming over for, you know, a week or two weeks or whatever, you do have to pick and choose. And that yeah. that was just, that's just one of those areas that I think I've probably only been to like maybe a couple of times. So I have got no idea what's over there now. It, it's um, kind of, probably... the same stuff that was over there the last time you were there. They haven't changed it, but oh, right, okay. <laughs> it, it's um, it's also kind of a it, the one, and this is it has nothing to do with education. But when the Magic Kingdom is so crowded, and you are just like, I need to get away from the crowds for a minute, hop over to Tom Sawyer Island because mm. you can sit and relax there, away from people, and kind of recharge your batteries a little bit. Mm. There's definitely like a fun. I don't know, a fun discussion to be had about what could be done with Tom Sawyer Island. Oh, like, what yeah. Would like, just reimagineer like it. Done? Yes. Um, oh, did you have anything else for the Magic Kingdom? I had the the Jungle Cruise could be. Oh, it's, it's certainly not. But it actually, if anything, it's almost like the antithesis of it. It's, it's almost taking the mick out of the fact <laughs> that it could be, but it's not. Right, right. <laughs> You could put a completely different script on those skippers and you would have a terrible ride about, you know, coming into in close contact with wild animals you'd never usually, uh-huh. you know, unity to. But obviously Animal Kingdom does that now. Um, but I, yeah, if anything, I think it takes the mick. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it absolutely. Like, could you imagine like someone like writing their book report like, you know, hippopotamus is scared of commitment in their relationships. <laughs> like. Yeah, that's my my my. I don't know if you saw this this line when you were um when you were on the Jungle Cruise last time, but one of my favorite lines is usually a female skipper that does it is when you get to the hippopotamus and she's like, oh no, like you know the hippopotamuses are out, but don't worry, I I know how to get rid of them. I'll just I'll just act like I I'll just do what I did to get rid of my last boyfriend. And she leans over and she goes, I love you, and the hippo like sinks back into the water. It's I they, I spend most of the time on Jungle Crew just with my mouth like wide open because the the jokes come so thick and fast there almost isn't time to laugh between them yeah. so I'm just like ah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
that's my humor. Like, you follow my Facebook. I, I'm nothing but puns lately. So sure. I very much enjoy the Jungle Cruise for that. But you're right. It is kind of the antithesis of an educational ride. Nice. <laughs> and originally, it was supposed to be an educational ride. Walt wanted a ride with live animals in it. Yes. So that's why, that's why I, I thought about it. Because I can, I can see what Walt Disney was originally going for. Right. Was offering people who came to the park the the opportunity to see or witness you know these wild animals mm-hmm. um but i guess as yeah it, it's just become more and more of a joke isn't it really yeah. <laughs> and they're not making any effort to update those animatronics anytime soon and there's there's good reason for it, no, they I, like it I, way. yeah and i think that's like almost part of the charm of the rise that <laughs> the animatronics oh, yeah. are so old um yeah so anything else for Magic Kingdom or are you ready to uh, move on? Well, I think we should move on to the to the big ones. Yeah, Epcot and Animal Kingdom are really kind of the the meat and potatoes of edutainment and well and Epcot especially was was designed to be the edutainment kind of capital of of Disney parks. Uh so you want to go to Epcot next? Yeah. Okay. Um so yeah. I mean, let's save World Showcase for the end of this converse, for the end of the Epcot conversation, but the first thing that I thought about was uh, the seas with Nemo and friends. Ah, yes. One of the okay. yeah, one of the best educational experiences you can get in Epcot because you're learning about an entire ecosystem that lives entirely apart from our own. Like I've always said, like under the sea is it's almost like outer space. It's just this yeah. entire new, different frontier that we know that we still actually don't know as much about as we should. But it gives you such a great educational experience to like see the dolphins and see how the fish interact with each other how they school together and the manatees i mean i can't get enough of this place yeah i love the seas pavilion i also think that i think that pavilion is a really good example of how they've put a ride in it and that ride works yes i love how the ride is there and it takes you on a journey down into the ocean into this world of the ocean and and the waters yeah Uh, and i think really i love the way that that's integrated into the pavilion but the aquarium hasn't changed much if if anything i don't think it's changed at all apart from the addition of the nemo characters yeah not really uh it definitely hasn't gone through a lot of changes over the years it is one of it is it's a huge aquarium they actually uh when i took the dolphins in depth tour they told us you could fit the you could fit spaceship earth in that aquarium yeah, I looked it up actually because I think sometimes it can uh, the idea of zoos and aquariums uh, it's it can be kind of controversial, yes, a bit of a sticky subject. So I looked it up, and that the space is enormous, mm-hmm. and they really do have a fantastic rehabilitation program as well that's going on there. And mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I, I really like it. Really yeah. like it a lot. It is it's an aquarium, and you learn about wildlife in the ocean right and and you know the dolphins in depth tour um is i recommend that to everybody because it was such a cool educational experience it's behind the, it's a extra cost kind of behind the scenes look at the seas pavilion specifically focusing on the dolphins right uh, okay which <laughs> i'm such a nerd the, the the thing that i liked the most about it was uh where you go backstage at the seas, and so like you could see, the, like I know I recognize the area where they filmed an episode of Boy Meets World uh, when they were in Disney. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, this is where Corey Matthews was. Really? Yeah. Uh, but they teach you a lot about dolphins and how they how they interact in the wild. You get to get up close with the dolphins. 
Um, you know, you, you put a wetsuit on, you go into like waist deep water with them. Um, yeah. it, it's really a good time and, and you get to watch them train. Awesome educational experience. And also, you know, one free thing that I saw is they, they teach you a lot about diving as well, because there's a tube that the divers go into in that like centralized area when you, when you get off the ride. And sometimes when a diver's going in, they'll actually do a presentation that shows you how they how the diver enters the tank, which is this tube fills up with water and they swim up and they go through and they, they teach you about the diving equipment and what you know, like what the, the oxygen tank does and the different like the flippers and all that other stuff. So it's it's really neat in that regard. Okay, just a couple of other things. You've got um Turtle Talk with Crush as well. Yeah. It's a great experience for young kids. Um but also it's a really powerful one because you know, they truly do believe they are talking to Crush. Of course. And they're really great in each of those presentations to include some kind of messaging about the importance of protecting our oceans. And I think that's a message that has is sort of has come in more recently, especially with everyone talking about plastics and everything at the at the moment. Mm-hmm. So when I saw saw the show back in November, I was really impressed with how naturally they just built those conversations into what was a really fun show. Um but also we ate at the Coral Reef restaurant. Oh my gosh, we had the best seats in the house. We practically dined with a ray. It was amazing. You were like right next to the tank? Yes. Oh, it was so good. But what I loved is that they gave us a chart um, to identify all of the different the different animals. And that was amazing to, I mean, I I found it a bit disturbing that you could like eat fish and lobster. So it, personally, I went for the vegetarian option. Yeah, now. it's slightly morbid uh, that they're swimming by the looking at your plate like, why? Yeah. Um, but I think it's it, it's a really complete learning experience. Like any opportunity to learn or to educate, they're grabbing that and they're handing it to you. Yep, I, I agree. I, I haven't eaten there in a long time. The last time I was there was '09, but I remember it was a it's a it's such a cool experience. And I yeah, I got the the little chart as well. The sea turtle is obviously is my favorite. He was like or he or she, I don't know which uh, gender the sea turtle is, but huge and swimming around and it's really really great and like i i was asking the 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 waitress like questions about them i and she knew she knew a whole bunch of things so really? oh that's good that's good you figure you educate yourself if you're going to be working in there day in and day out so you get to know. <laughs> um also uh you have over in the land pavilion you have living with the land yeah these are my two favorite pavilions by the way the ones you've picked the land and the living- seas in fact, if you looked at my YouTube channel, you might notice that there's a bit of an Epcot theme going on because mm-hmm. I pretty much playlist my videos in the style of Epcot pavilions. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, living with the land is such a cool educational experience, and I really, really dig it. I love it because it's so stuck in the 80s in some respects. <laughs> They're never going to update that. Chiquita's not giving them nearly enough money for that. Those visuals are a history lesson in themselves. However, the growing methods and some of the research that they're doing in those greenhouses is still really, really modern and forward thinking. Yeah. I've always, always been obsessed with aquaponics and hydroponics, which is the little system you see at the end where they're feeding the plants with the fish poo and it's kind of this closed system. Yep. That that's that's still really modern mm-hmm. and still, you know futuristic way of farming food and that's been there for years so it goes to show you know how ahead of their time they were 
Absolutely. And you know, it, um, have you ever done the behind the seeds tour? No, but I want to so bad. You know what? And it's an easier tour to do because it's not like, like dolphins in depth is pricey. And I see like people when you're already coming over and you're spending all that money on, you know, uh, on this vacation, the dolphins in depth tour might be like a little bit too much, but the behind the seeds tour is priced very moderately. And, um, you know, they do it every day and I've heard really good things about it. I've been dying to do it. Oh yeah. Same. Really, really. I would love to do it. Yeah. They give you a whole tour of the greenhouse. Like you really get to walk through and and see a lot of it. Mm. And that's something I've always wanted to do is just to hop off the boat, you know, just for a couple of minutes and just take, take a closer look at some of the fruit and veg that they're growing. You pick a dragon fruit up off the vine. And I, I like seeing all the different, like, because some of the plants, like, you don't you don't think about like what the plant looks like where a certain fruit might come from, and Great. yeah, you know, you see pineapple plants, and who who actually knows how a lot of, we take a lot of the stuff that we eat for granted without really thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. The uh, I really like the area with um, all the tomato plants because it reminds me of my grandma's garden back when I was a kid. She had all these tomato plants. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I love the land pavilion so much. I miss the living with the land song, the living with the land we all love. Nature's land will shine above. Um, but yeah, the um, and that that you know when you go through like the animatronic areas, they show you the rainforest. They they show you a whole bunch of really cool things, and I just I think that people that avoid living with the land or or don't even realize it's there i think they're doing themselves a disservice because it's so cool yeah i agree it's more than just and i i know i've joked in the past that like living with the land is the thing that you do while you're waiting for your soren fast pass but it is it's kind you know more people should be doing that it's funny because to me it's the complete opposite (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. Yeah, absolutely um what was that? What about Soren? Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, do you think Soren's educational? I kind of don't. It's, I mean, it's inspirational. I think it's definitely, it's a conversation starter. It's the kind of thing that you would go on and come out and be like, why would you like to go to that place? Or mm-hmm. wouldn't it be interesting to travel there? Um, you get a sense of places rather than learning much about them. Right. Yeah. You, you get to see a lot of like the beauty of the world and like the wonders of the world. And I, I would hope that that might like encourage somebody to like go home and Google it. Yes. Yeah. Or even travel there themselves. So yeah, it's, it's good for, uh, good for the inner adventurer. Yes. Spaceship Earth. Yeah. Totally. Right. Spaceship Earth. These are all my favorite rides, Kevin. Yeah, I'm I, so happy. You, like you have this like glow about you as we talk about these things. It's so funny. <laughs> I adore Spaceship Earth. And again, it hasn't really changed. I know they are going to be updating it. You have, you, you have, yeah, you have been guided by Dame Judy Dench for the final time. Like they are, they're, they're closing it for two years, uh, coming up and they're going to be re- completely redoing it. What do you mean by completely redoing? It? I think they're going to be changing a lot of the scenes. They're definitely going to put new narration in there. I think because that's like what they they've they've done that before. Because it started with Walter Cronkite, and then it went to Jeremy Irons, and then it went to Dame Judi Dench, and now I'm wondering who it's going to be. Um, hmm. I don't know. I'm going to yeah. miss Dame Judi Dench and thanking the Phoenicians and whatnot, but 
interesting like i wonder if they're going to completely replace everything or they're just going to redo some scenes but it, it makes so much sense so it's hard to think how they could change it or yeah. if they're going to change the narrative i don't i don't well we'll see well, well yeah we, we definitely will the uh well typically like when when uh you know because siemens has been sponsoring it for years and their sponsorship ran out and they didn't renew so that's typically when they when they revitalize the ride bring in a new sponsor um, and just kind of change the experience up a, t- a two year closure. That's, that's more than just polishing up the existing animatronics. Right. So. Yeah, that's, yeah. I think the theme of communication works really well, though. It does carry through all of those, all of those scenes well. Absolutely. Um, when, when you see how we go from cave paintings to papyrus to books to the printing press, yeah. like to the landing, to the moon landing. And then at the end, you have that that shot of Steve Jobs in the garage, um, you know, tinkering with the first the, one of the first little computers. Um, and, and you know, who doesn't love that? My favorite is that like planetarium like room at the end where you see the Earth. Like, oh. I love it. It's a really magical moment. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the creating. It's. Like it's not a pretend world. You're not going into. You know, it's, it is. It is what it is, and I love that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, um, I really, and I like the the look into the future. Like it, those are real technologies that they know about, that they're they're kind of telling you about. Yeah. Um. Me a bit, uh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> um. Can you hear me? Okay now. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit better now. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, there, the Wonders of Life Pavilion is gone now, but it's one of those attractions and experience. It's one of those areas that I truly miss and love because there was a lot of really great entertainment there. Uh, one of them was Cranium Command, which I had mentioned to you before we went on the air, and you had no idea what it was. I know, and I'm really upset. So I looked it up. Oh, did you? And it was, it, yeah, it was definitely there when I have been there in the past. It's right. not like I miss So I'm like, how on earth did I miss it? And actually when I was looking it up, one of the points was that the problem with this ride was that it was completely hidden. And it was body wars that sort of took centre stage in oh. that space. And I just think we presumed it was some kind of like a gallery or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And for those that don't know, Cream Command was such a cool experience. It was a theater like attraction show where you were inside the brain of of a young boy and you um you the brain was controlled by Buzzy who was like he he was like in charge of like running the body and so all the different body parts had like different people assigned to them and he was coordinating them from the brain and it really showed a really it was a cool visualization of how the brain works it was kind of inside out before there was an inside out right yeah i was going to say it sounds familiar yeah um and then, of course, there was Body Wars, which taught you a lot about the human body and the bloodstream and whatnot. But it was also a very unpleasant experience. Mm, yes, I remember feeling very queasy coming out of Body Wars. Thank, yeah, I, not- I, I felt like I got in a fight when I got out of Body Wars because I was like, mm-hmm. I was like bruised and beaten up. <laughs> so is that whole pavilion now the festival? area is that where they do the extra festival bits yes they use it as a festival center now and kind of like a like a like a you know it's constantly evolving space they don't use it for every festival uh food and wine they used it for always because they have extra booth yeah they have extra booths in there and they have like classes and stuff 
question. Sure. Have you ever seen the Spectacular show? That's, have you heard? <laughs> it sounds familiar. So this is a science show at Epcot. Currently, um, I, I'm pretty sure. So I saw that it. I saw it being advertised, um, and then it was in the schedule, but we didn't. We didn't get round to seeing it, and I thought. Why is why is nobody writing or why is nobody seeing this? So if anybody has seen Spectacular, I would love to know if it's any good or not. But it's totally up my street. Um, so my fiance is a science presenter as well, and the oh, two nice. of us were really to see how Disney do science on stage, but we didn't get around to seeing it. So huh. it, I will have to go look for that, and if um you know if I can find it, I will film it and send it to you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh, you know what I would also consider to be educational is uh, Journey into the Imagination with Figment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think even more so when back in the day when Epcot had, where, when there were different pavilions that represented specific topics. Right. I think Journey into the Imagination served a really important purpose in that it taught you that that you know the creativity and imagination is just as important as knowledge yes and stuff um i don't think that's as clear now uh but it it's it it comes well it's what am i saying you know what i mean <laughs> yeah well i mean i would say i i kind of enjoy what they do wherein they try to they're trying to teach you things about the five senses and you know they do teach you about you know sight uh, smell and hearing a little bit, but then they show you how the imagination can take those topics and expand them. Right. So I loved the old journey into the imagination, which was purely about celebrating imagination and creativity. Yes. But I don't think trying to make it about the senses, I don't think that, I don't think that works. I don't think it's necessary because first of all, you're not teaching the senses correctly. Yes, <laughs> very are, true. There are more than three. There are actually more than five. So it's just not a correct lesson. But also it's putting structure to something where there's not supposed to be structure. And I get what they're trying to do. You know, yes, they kind of explode out of that at the end. But I preferred it when it was just about imagining, imagining anything you wanted. Right. Right. Yeah, and I could see that. And I definitely see the wisdom in that. There. Listen, everybody, in the, I don't know of anybody that prefers the current journey into imagination over the old one. Uh, you know, it was it was so classic, and I really, honestly hope that, it, that this is an attraction that gets an update in the near future because Figment is my favorite character. I can't get enough Figment in my life. I really, I really do love the um, the message that the attraction gives you. Mm. Uh, yeah, and it, I think it's really important when you're presenting people with so much information. It's it's refreshing to just hear that hear that message of that they're putting forward as well. Yeah, hundred and ten percent. So, you ready to hop into World Showcase? Yes. To be completely honest, I just put World Showcase as as just an item in itself. So did I. I. Like it's fairly self-explanatory. You know, you learn lots about different countries in the world. Right. And you get, a, you get a little taster of all of them. And sometimes quite literally a taster. <laughs> very, very true. I like that most of the pavilions have something educational about the country. Like Canada has O Canada, which, you know, is a really fun look at, you know, one of the 
you know, one of my favorite countries in the world. Uh, the UK pavilion doesn't really have anything though. Like it's just a bunch of shops and, and in a restaurant and there's no like attraction or like, you know, educational film or anything like that in the UK pavilion. No, there are meet and greets. Um, but that. You know, how much are you going to learn about British history from Alice? Not much. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's my one, my one issue with World Showcase is that it does feel on occasion like a massive merchandise opportunity. Uh-huh. Um, but actually, you know what? When I went recently, you do actually learn quite a bit just by browsing the shops and just seeing some of the things on offer. Yeah. You kind of have to like, you kind of have to search for it. Yes. Um, uh, what I, I I also really like the um uh, we did the Twinings tea tour recently. That's so funny to me. Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah, they they took you through like there's because there's a tea garden in the back. So I think it was last year during Flower and Garden we we took the, the we took the tea tour and they like walked us through the the different tea plants and you know I mean I never drink tea I'm coffee all the way but I th- I still found it to be very very interesting. The funny thing is that would probably be more appropriate in Asia and Animal Kingdom. Like, I know. You know, like the Himalayas. <laughs> right. It, it was, I mean, it all felt like it was, I mean, it was a free tour and you got a free cup of tea at the end and, and or like a tea, you got like a tea bag or something like that. And um, yeah, that was, uh, I, I thought it was pretty cool. I, yeah, I, I I would. I probably would have done it. <laughs> yeah, um, I think they, I'm wondering if they're going to bring bring it back for um, Flower and Garden this year. Um, you know, in in France, um, there's Impressions de France, which is a you know a movie. Um, they're also building that Ratatouille attraction, which you know is bringing IP in, kind of taking away from the entertainment. But I mean, I get it. You're it's a for profit company. They have to make. They have to sell things. Uh, <laughs> they have to keep people coming in. Um, then the got. Just say that's good for the kids as well to have yeah. that there. Yeah, truly. And Morocco doesn't really have an attraction in it, but Morocco is—you learn so much about the architecture of mm. of, a, of a Muslim country, like because the king of, of Morocco sent his personal architect to design that pavilion. And I think that they, with all the little passageways, you really do feel like you're exploring it as mm-hmm. well. And um, you, and I think. At, you do actually get something out of it just by walking around that area. Totally. Uh, which is, which is yeah, a fun thing to do. Well, and you know, you go into Japan, you have the, um, you have, you have the drummers, uh, which is one of the best live performances you can see in world showcase, but you also have, um, the Mitsukoshi department store, which yes, it's a retail location. However, you get a real great sense of Japanese culture by going through there. Um, you know, it, wearing you know trying on the kimonos or writing in kanji and they also have the um there's like a little museum there that they kind of like swap things in and out of right now it's the culture of cute um yeah all the cute things Mm, yeah it was really fun we did the asian p world showcase uh app game what i call it the experience and that was really great because it kind of made us look closer at a lot of the areas in the different countries. So actually the game itself was really long and we found ourselves skipping through a lot of the narratives. I mean, right. you can probably, I'm sure you've explained this on the show before what it is. Yes. But um, when you actually get to the interactive moments, it's really fun to go and find those areas that are hidden away because they encourage you to explore uh, the countries a bit further. Yep. 
Absolutely. You you really have to look into like all the little nooks and crannies of the pavilions. And I think that really helps people explore and learn more. Um, and, you know, for me, Phineas and Ferb is my favorite cartoon of all time. So I just love being able to hear Doofenshmirtz and, Perry, and see Perry the Platypus, you know, duking it out all over the world. <laughs> the reason the reason I bring it up is because they have quite a few uh, spots in Japan. They do. And, uh, yeah, it's a good it's a good place to play it. Did you play it in all the countries that they offer it? So I think we did most of them at least. I know they do Mexico, they do the UK, they do Japan, they do uh-huh. China. Yeah, they do China. Uh, and, yes, China. and Ger- and they, Germany. There's definitely the Germany one because definitely I'll, Germany I'll, and definitely France. Yes. Yeah, I don't know if they, I don't think they do Italy. Um, but you know, continuing the so the America Pavilion, uh, most Americans kind of breeze right through, but the American Adventure is there. And that is a good educational show. It's a long show. It's 40 minutes long. I don't know. Have you ever done it? I can't remember doing it. To be honest, I think I get, I think my memories confuse that and the Hall of Presidents. They're very similar. Oh, okay. Maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just, it's a lot longer. It's a 40 minute show, but you know, one of the can't miss things there is to listen to the voices of liberty, which they sing a lot of like, you know, Old. Yeah, so old. you get kind of a, a education in you know like patriotic songs and whatnot. Um, Italy is um, there's no real attraction in Italy, but the, the architecture is lovely. The performances are great on the street. Um, Germany is 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 a great way to kind of experience the more Bavarian side of Germany. Uh, yeah. I don't think I don't think the German pavilion is a great kind of like taste of Germany overall. No, it's quite a stereo. I mean, I mean, guess all of the countries are quite stereotypical. Yeah. Um, it's good fun though. Yeah, I no, I, yeah, I appreciate it. Pretty area, yeah. Yeah, um, China's got quite a bit going on there, though. I believe they have like a movie in China, um, and I really love the the exhibits that you can walk through in China. Yeah, there's a lot more there than you first think. Yep. I mean, well, than you see anyway. Yeah, it's one of those pavilions that you really have to like dig in and explore. Um, yeah. Norway, Norway's got a really cool, um, that, that little like, that like church right there in Norway. Yeah, had, is that where it's, yeah right, of, right now it's gods of the Vikings. Mm, mm-hmm, did you yeah. go in, did you go in there? Yeah, we did. We did go in. Um, and it's nice cause not everyone is. So mm-hmm. I, I find, like, yeah, mythology is fascinating to me. So I really liked learning about Odin and Thor and Loki and Freya and the world serpent and all that cool stuff. The originals. <laughs> yes. Before there was Marvel. There, yeah. <laughs> before there was Marvel, there was actual legends that you can learn about. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a nice little quiet area that you can sort of um, escape into, which is always surprising considering one of the biggest art views in the park is just next door. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know what? The Norway Pavilion gets a lot of flack from people, from edutainment purists, because they took out... Um, maelstrom which was an educational norway attraction to put in frozen but again you gotta pay the bills um and they added that whole little arendelle section um on the other side mm. where you they have yeah. like an arendelle store you meet on and elsa um but they've still got they um they've still got that that church with with they swap the um they swap it out here and there of like what the uh, exhibit is in there but the go- the gods of the vikings has been there for a while and i feel like that's going to stay for quite a while yeah i can't imagine what else they would put in there actually i'm trying to remember what they used to have in there and i i can't for the life of me remember 
my guess would be it would be something to do with trolls, but I, I don't know enough about Norwegian culture to yeah. even have the. Well, for a while, there was like no educational component to worry because for a while it was like it was about Frozen, like in there, oh. like they did like a Frozen exhibit in there. And that was like when everybody had Frozen fever. But now that everyone's got which my friend Becky last week on the show called Frostbite, which is, you know, like the Frozen like <laughs> overload, um, they've gone yeah. back to it being more educational. And I appreciate that. Um, and that, you know, that brings you over to Mexico, which, you know, the Three Caballeros is a great look at Mexican culture. Yes, it is. Another great ride. Not often a queue, which I love. Yes, it's usually just a walk right on. Yeah, you know, I think it's a great ride. I don't think it is a great ride, but it's it's really lovely to do. I think it's a bonus when you go in there. It's like, what? Cool, there's a ride back here. Who knew? Yeah, and it's like- got Donald Duck in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I also really love the uh, the mariachi band that plays there too. It's a and you know one of the edge. I feel like you can get a really good culinary education going around World Showcase because you can sample food and beverages from all over these countries. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and you know an educational opportunity that I that I feel like a lot of people miss out on is talking to the cast members that work in these pavilions and asking them questions about their countries. I do that all the time. Yeah, I don't actually think, especially tourists. I don't think everyone realizes that the people who are working in the different pavilions actually come from those places and right. therefore are really well informed. Uh, that's not made clear anywhere. It's just sort of something that you might stumble across as you get chatting to people. Yeah, like I love walking through the American pavilion and asking the cast members all about their country. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what do you think of the UK pavilion, by the way? Like, is someone like, is it like a eye rolling kind of experience for you, or or do you think they actually capture the essence? Probably the same way you feel about going into the American Adventure Pavilion. You know, right. it's just like this is it's quintessentially British, uh-huh. um, but it's not it's not a true representation at all. It's just kind of picking the best bits from you know, classic British literature and throwing it into one area. Right. Um, but that's not a bad thing, you know. It's just it's just funny to see people taking photos in the likes of, I guess, like a red telephone box. Right. <laughs> because the reality is they're not making them anymore here because no one used them anymore because they're just sort of defunct. Right. Um, but do they, do, they keep, do they keep some of them around kind of as like a um... – kind of like yeah. a yeah like like a touristy photo op kind of thing yeah in london they're definitely i think i don't even know if they still work in london maybe they do, I'm pretty sure they do but actually in um villages sort of like when you go out into the countryside a lot of them have been converted into or into other purposes mm. so in some remote villages they now have defibrillators in them oh nice <laughs> Yeah, because they're like a local defib for the community. Some of them have been converted into little libraries where people are community libraries where they have little shelves in them full of books. Others will have notice boards in them with community. Um, How cool. So actually the way they're being used in in villages is is, is very sweet. Um but yeah, to be honest, they're they're kind of nasty in cities. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, phone booths here were pretty nasty as well. People use them as you know, for not what they're intended to be used for. Uh-huh. Which uh, so actually, seeing someone hanging out in one, getting a photo, is always amusing because the reality, no one would want to do that, especially. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I assume police boxes don't exist anymore. Sadly, no, no, unless. <laughs> 
No, unless they're time traveling. I was just going to make that joke. <laughs> That's the one thing I also do like in the UK pavilion. It's the one place on property you can buy Doctor Who merchandise. Uh, yes. Yeah. They've got that store yeah. back there that's got like all like the pop culture stuff. Um, so anything else you wanted to touch on in Epcot? Gosh, it's such a massive, uh, no, that's everything. Yeah. I think the only other thing I would touch on is the, the festivals that take place throughout the year because you can get such an education from those food and wine about food, obviously. Flower and garden, I think is one of the most educational experiences you can get because it teaches you all about you know, growing and, and like, it's essentially like living with the land, like takes over the entire park, I guess is the best way I could describe it. And in the, fe- the festival of the holidays, you learn a lot about how different cultures celebrate, celebrate the holiday season. And I think that's really cool. I didn't know that. That I didn't realize that they sort of made a point of doing that. That's yeah. Cool. Oh yeah. Um, you, there are like, um, there's all sorts of different like meet and greets with different versions of Santa Claus or, you know, there, there's like holiday like songs and, and food booths and you can try like different like traditional holiday food from different countries. It's absolutely lovely and I love it. Oh, great. And, you know, the Festival of the Arts, like for, for people like you and me who are, you know, theatrically trained, it's it's a lot of fun to kind of experience that, you know, and learn more about art and and that kind of stuff. So. Uh, you ready to head over to Animal Kingdom, our final park? Yeah, we should. We should. Yeah. yeah. Pretty we much. To... What? The whole park. The whole park is essentially an educational experience. And, and like from the, the things that you can like just even walk around and see, like the gibbons or the, um, they, they have like, I think they got kangaroos in one like little area and, and, um, you know, the, the animal, the cotton top tamarins, animals that they just have kind of like scattered about. Mm, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> the the walk the walking trails too are a great experience. Did you do the walking trails? Yeah, I did both of the walking trails. Again, I love the fact that you're not just walking around seeing animals, but you're given something physical. You're giving your you're given spotter sheets. Yeah. Uh, so it kind of gives you a reason to look that little bit closer and to interact with what you're seeing. And I think that's really important, especially if you want information to actually go into your brain, is to sort of give you that that other thing that physical thing to hold yes my friends laugh at me whenever we go through the 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 trails because i always take two of the bird spotting sheets because i i look at one and i hold the other one over my head (laughs) wise yeah (laughs) and i'm like you're laughing at me now but one day it will happen yeah (laughs) like like one day one of you is going to get a good luck surprise on the top of your head and i will be the smart one (laughs) And another thing as well they have dotted throughout the trails and also the entire park is the Wilderness uh, Explorer Post. Yes, I had that on my list as well. Have you ever done the Wilderness Explorers? Yeah, well, kind of. So as soon as you, well, we, as soon as we went into the park, we went to the little outpost and we got our booklets. And I just think it's such a brilliant way of getting the children involved. Mm-hmm. All children love stickers. Any reason to collect stickers <laughs> yep. is always going down well but also the fact that it encourages one-to-one conversations with people about the animals and the, and the experiencing the experiences that you're having is such a good way to really make everything relevant to children and to make them feel like they're part of the story and that they that they can make a difference too so i i i adore anything wilderness explorer 
Yeah, absolutely. Please. I do too. And you, you know, a lot of them, you also get to talk to people that are actually from like African or Asian countries and they tell you a bit about uh, like their, you know, like where they're from. Yeah. And they're always so passionate and so knowledgeable. It's great. <laughs> I, I, I did it recently, like within the last year and had such a wonderful time doing it. And I honestly learned a lot. Like, you know, I really liked the gorilla exploration area with it. Um, They've even got some in Pandora, which I think is pretty cool. And in Pandora, it is people think it's not educational at all, but there is the message of conservation in Pandora. And I think that's very important. The way they've done it is really is is really clever, actually. So whilst all of the, the plants and the wildlife you're seeing are, you know, they're they're imaginary. They're not real. Mm-hmm. The messaging is is still spot on like you say it's all about conservation but actually even though the plants aren't real the way they talk about them working and the purpose of them for example whether they're you know helping to purify the air or something like that yeah it all sense like they've actually put science lessons inside the creation of these made-up plants Mm -hmm. which is smart (laughs) yeah it's absolutely brilliant it's um but I mean, if you've never done the wilderness explorers, especially if you have young kids, take the time to do it. It's and even if you don't, like if you don't have kids, still do it because it's a tremendous experience that you're really going to enjoy and you're going to learn a lot. Um, now I am loath to to bring this this one up, but the bird experiences throughout the park, like the two shows, you have winged encounters and uh, up, uh, you know the the bird the bird show, um. They are very educational. They teach you quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I saw Up, um, which is quite, quite new, isn't it, actually? It is, yeah. I thought it was great. I, I Not only do you see you know, lots of different birds, they're, they're well-trained, they're doing cool things, but you've also got the message, because you've got Doug and Russell there, and they yes. are wilderness explorers, their message is about wanting to take photographs of these animals to learn more about them and appreciate them from afar. So I liked that that was built into it as well. Yeah, it wasn't here. just cool birds. It was, here are some cool birds that you can learn to love and appreciate too. Yep. Uh, tough to be a bug. Mm, yeah. Very much love this attraction. Uh, it, it really teaches you a lot about like why insects are so beneficial to the um you know to the environment like the whole thing if bees ever disappeared we'd be in a lot of trouble yeah it makes you appreciate insects but also just how outnumbered we are by them yes (laughs) (laughs) that is very very true and you know it really it takes on a really it it presents as a true edutainment um attraction should it presents actual facts with fun and laughs and smiles yeah, I don't think anyone would watch that would watch that film and feel like they're being lectured to at all. No, not it, at all. It definitely doesn't feel like that. Uh, you know, the sadistic side of me really likes when when like people get terrified in that attraction, Be- <laughs> like when the spiders yeah. fall from the ceiling, and you know, to be a bit scared though. <laughs> yeah, or like when you when you feel like the the stuff underneath you moving around, like it's so cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, so how about Rafiki's Planet Watch, which is currently closed for a, a renovation, but I yeah, um, love Rafiki's Planet Watch. I don't I thought they were just closing it, like straight up closing it. It's unclear. Um, I've heard that they were closing it, and I've heard more recently that they they will eventually reopen it. 
I really, really hope they reopen it because it is fantastic. Oh, yeah. I mean, people moan about the fact that it's quite a long train journey over there. That's, I like that like, train ride because you get to see where, like, the animal, where the animals yeah. go at the end of the day. And, like, you get to see the elephant house and... Completely. I don't think they make enough of the train of the train journey and the fact that that in itself is an interesting attraction. And actually, it's on that train journey over. That's where you see what happens to all the animals you know, in the evening after 5 p.m. And you get a really good sense of just what a massive operation Animal Kingdom is. Absolutely. And I think hugely important to understanding, you know, how looking after these animals is it's a massive deal. It's not easy. It's really specialist. And, but also- and Animal Kingdom is not a zoo. It is. It is a, a nature preserve, and that mm-hmm. it, and that that's important. I think that really kind of drives it home there. How how this is not just like okay, look at the animals and how they move around. Like it's re- they're really taking care of them. Yeah. So I think that the seeing the behind the scenes is is a huge part of that. But also when you actually get over there, mm-hmm. the fact got to see the the veterinary the the vet surgeons um, at work so you get to see them caring for the animals but there's also the food preparation area where you could see all the different types of food being prepared for the different types of animals these are all just such good things to see and witness it's like the real stuff that's happening behind the scenes yeah totally it's it's (laughs) and they usually have like a like an animal out there that you can feed or pet or you know learn a bit about like whether it's a rabbit or some kind of reptile yeah, I hope I really hope they reopen it. I do. They've got they've also got that um that it's like these dark rooms where you put on a set of headphones and Grandmother Willow like takes you through the sounds of the rainforest. Yeah, I've heard mixed things. Someone told me it was a little bit like, "What is this?" It's a and little... then I heard some. I think yeah. someone else told me it's like the most in, most immersive, awesome thing ever. I would say it's somewhere between those two. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't think it's the greatest thing ever, but I don't think it's like a waste of time. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's inter- It's certainly interesting. Uh, and they have a petting zoo there as well, which, you know, if you ask the cast members in there questions about the animals, they will answer. And you can brush a goat. <laughs> Who doesn't want to brush a goat? <laughs> Me, but that's just, you know. <laughs> My friends want to go in the petting zoo and I'm just like, I'll be over here. Not, not, I listen, I love animals, but I really, I love them from afar. When I get close to them, things happen. Like I get attacked or I get, you know, like it's just better for everyone involved if I stay away. Maybe you're just getting in the way. Maybe that's what the animals would say. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They're like, like, I think animals feel the same way about me. Like they like me, but they like me from a distance. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So I kind of saved, uh, well, what about dinosaur? Do you think dinosaur is educational in any way? I think the queue for dinosaur is educational and I think the the sort of the play area that they've got in Dino Land I forget what, I, f- I can't remember what it's called the, the boneyard I think or something like that or Yeah the boneyard's great because yeah. they've um you know they've got pretend fossils with various like signage uh posts around that teach you quite a lot about dinosaurs so I think I think the setup around Dino Land is is educational the ride itself is a bit of fun um and yeah, I mean, I guess you learn a little bit about dinosaurs, and you learn—I think you learn a bit about like what they, what certain dinosaurs looked like. Um, yeah, but, but the, the queue, yeah, it's, the, it's, the the queue is great because you also have that Bill Nye the Science Guy thing in the queue. Yes, where he comes yeah. through and talks to you about the the meteorite and whatnot. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that, yeah. So I think the setup to the ride is fantastic. So saving the best for last, uh, Kilimanjaro safaris. Right. You, my, you... my favorite attraction in all of Walt Disney World. Is it? It is. I can't oh. get enough of it. Like, I, it, I, I have, it's, I've learned so much from Kilimanjaro safaris. Like, so many random animal factoids that I can just bust out in casual conversation now. I guess as well, you've got the joy of being able to do it, you know, multiple times with different um, drivers. Yes. So, you're going to pick up different bits of information every time you do it, which is great. Absolutely. Um, I, oh, we had some really good runs of it, actually, when we came over in November. Like, we saw some, we saw some great stuff. <laughs> When it when it's good, it's great. But there are you can have a bad experience on the safari, obviously. Oh, and luckily, luckily, I've never had an awful one. <laughs> I've had some awful ones, but um, mm-hmm. I've also had some some like great like once in a lifetime ones. Uh, did you mm-hmm. see the baby hippopotamus while you were here? Yeah, yeah, we did. The adorable little chunk monster. He's the best. Yeah, and there was a baby giraffe as well. I know they've yep. had another, but it was. It was a it was a young giraffe anyway. Yeah, there was a new, a new baby giraffe was just born. Like it was born in front of guests. Like it was born out in the savannah, which was really neat. Um, I I keep I keep hoping and waiting to see if there's ever going to be baby lions. But I don't know. I feel like it would have happened by now. Mm. Uh, yeah. The baby ele- the baby elephant is also a, a can't miss thing. Yeah, that's adorable. Like, like you learn so many cool things, like little, just little random factoids, like the fact that um, elephants are afraid of bees. <laughs> yeah. And so the the farmers keep beehives on the on the perimeter of their property to keep the elephants from from tromping through their their crops. And it, it works as a successful deterrent. I think that's fascinating. Right, little tidbits. Yeah. Yeah, elephants being a matriarchal society. I also love learning like. What the different groups of animals are called? Like hippos are a bloat, flamingos are a flamboyance. I love yes. <laughs> <laughs> Rhino, I think rhinos are a, rhinos are a crash. Crash of rhinos. Yeah. <clears throat> crows. Do you know that they don't say this in the ride? But crows, a group of crows, are called a murder. Murder of crows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard that they don't have pandas. Um, but I've heard it's a cupboard of pandas. Cupboard think- of pandas? That's the most adorable thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm pretty sure that's right. Oh, I, I mean, I need to look Google into this. Double check that, but I think it's a cupboard of pandas. Oh, I, I really think that's awesome. Like, ah, oh, that's my new favorite one. If that's true, um, yeah, I'm googling it. <laughs> anything else you want to bring up about Kilimanjaro safaris? Um, no. You know, no, I think I think it goes without saying. It's just it's it's a it's a great attraction for learning about wildlife and the, and their environments. You know, I've heard people saying that um, they miss like the story element of Kilimanjaro safaris. I really don't. I don't think it worked. I think it was too drastic of a tone change. It took I away. Think- it took away from the 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 real animals. Yeah, I think as well it's about celebrating the animals that are there and about enjoying and basking in the experience of seeing these animals uh, for yourself up close. So to then put it sort of like a negative spin on it, whilst it's a really important message, mm-hmm. it just it just it just came it felt rushed. 
And I think it's too much. It's a too big of a message to just shove in at the end. Most certainly. Of really like exciting, enjoyable ride. And you know, you get the, you get the anti poaching, um, spiel kind of in the queue. They have those, like those videos on. Which is a good place for it. Yeah, I, I agree. Digest that. I agree. Um, so. They had afterwards. What that was that? Would be good. It would be great if they had something afterwards, perhaps like a little area to go into and then learn about conservation. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could see that. I feel the same way about Kilimanjaro safaris, though, if it hasn't changed. No, not Kilimanjaro. Sorry, the rapids in the, you know, you've got a rapid ride and then all of a sudden at the end, you're shoved in the message of deforestation. Right. And it's a bit, oh, tone change. <laughs> exactly. Really, it looks really cool at night, though. Yeah, no, I think it's a great idea. I just think it needs a bit more guidance, a bit more, bit more. I don't know. Bit yeah, more narrow. No, I, I, anyway. I completely understand that. Um, yeah. So, do you want to hear what our friends around the world had to say about this topic? Yeah, we have spoken for such a long time. Yes, I, I know. <laughs> yeah, we're like at an hour and a half. Um, Craig Groff Folsom says, "Living with the land for sure." I might be doing the behind the seeds in March. Kaylin Quinn says, "Living with the land." Eileen Wells says, "Hall of Presidents." Eve DeSell says, "Hall of Presidents and Carousel of Progress." Uh, Greg Kerstetter says, "My kids and I love living with the land. It's such a nice, relaxing ride that never has a long wait and still has that Epcot educational feel without any IP overlay." Um, yes. Ho- yep, Jose Calvo says, Journey into Imagination, if you consider that educational. Clearly, we do. Uh, mm-hmm. Brian Kutch says, Hall of Presidents. Ryan Campbell says, uh, Listen to the Land, El Rio de Tiempo, Impressions de France, Rafiki's Planet Watch, and Kilimanjaro Safaris. Kevin Beacom says, Living with the Land, Spaceship Earth, Kilimanjaro Safaris. Uh, Katie Source says, Does Great Moments in History Count? It sure does. Uh, Carrie Ann Rudolph says, Living with the Land. Laura Ferguson, Hall of Presidents. Jennifer Day says, Spaceship Earth for sure. Thank those Phoenicians. Heather Marie says, I'd also have to say Spaceship Earth. Kristen Costera says, Walt Disney Presents and Hollywood Studios. Dan Hoffman says, Hall of Presidents. Uh, Kathleen Grove says, My family and I loved the free uh, Boma and Jico culinary tour through Animal Kingdom Lodge. A guide took us around the restaurants and explained the cultural significance of many of the pieces there. We also sampled traditional food items at both restaurants. My husband, kids, and I loved everything about this tour. My parents enjoyed the history and culture, but did not enjoy the food samples. They don't really like anything with spice, and they consider black pepper too spicy. That's funny. Uh, Scott Zobel says, Carousel of Progress. Ben Hackett says, Living with the Land. And finally, Jason Frank says, Thank the Phoenicians, Spaceship Earth. So that, that, I think a lot of really good, um, a lot of really good, um, uh, choices there from our friends around the world. Well, well, that brings us to the end of this rather elongated episode of, uh, talking about the educational offerings of Walt Disney World. So, Maddie, thank you so much. This was, this was worth the two year wait. Yes, thank you. I've really enjoyed this, actually. Yeah. It's just so good to NASA Disney, especially what I think is some of the best bits of it. Yeah, most certainly, most certainly. And <clears throat> so just a reminder to all of our listeners and our friends around the world, uh, if they wanted to find um, all the stuff that you're that you're doing currently, where would they go to find that? Uh, you just search Maddie Moat on YouTube or like more specifically, youtube.com forward slash Maddie Moat. That will take you straight to my YouTube channel, which is where you'll be able to see uh my latest disney vlogs awesome awesome and if they want to and you know any um you know parents of young kids in the uk make sure you check out do you know it's a really really great show yeah (laughs) on on cbb's um so you know what's funny i i mentioned your show to a friend of mine in the uk and they were like how do you know what cbb's is (laughs) 
<laughs> and I was just like, I learned things. Um, all right. Um, well, without any further ado, that's going to do it for Two Men in the Mouse this week, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. Really happy to be bringing you more uh, episodes than ever lately. Next week, make sure you stay tuned. I have my final of my three guests. Uh, guests coming in we're bringing in bill farmer the voice of goofy again and we're gonna be talking all about kingdom hearts the video game series so very very excited for that interview uh folks if you love peter mandel and who doesn't we hope his computer gets fixed soon you can check him out over at rogue comics at 105 north union avenue in cranford new jersey 07016 or check out roguecomics.com where you can find a link to pete's ebay store if you're planning a trip to walt disney world disney cruise adventures by disney any disney resort throughout the known world even aulani in hawaii and universal Universal Orlando right here in Orlando, Florida. Call our good friend and sponsor Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, who will plan your Disney vacation for you at no additional cost to you. Uh, you can always find Dave by emailing DisneyDaveW at Verizon.net. If you're renting a crib or stroller in Walt Disney World, check out our friends over at KingdomStrollers.com. They will deliver the crib or stroller of your dreams right to your Disney resort. And if you are a college football fan, check out our friend Dimitri Rivanos and his uh, college football podcast, Chewing Clock, which you can find on the Armchair All-Americans Network. And for me, folks, my books are out there. Uh, I believe Ross and Anti Book One is currently 99 cents on Amazon Kindle. So check it out. You can find all that information over on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Kevin J. Kessler author, or follow me on Twitter at Kevin J. Kessler and Instagram at White Dragon PN. Uh, well, that does it for this week. Maddie, any closing words? No, that's it. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here, folks. Please keep the magic alive every day of your lives. We will see you next week on Two Men and the Mouse. <laughs> <laughs>